0: Welcome to Conversations at Basecamp. I'm Noah. And I'm Kim. And we're the co-founders of The Nook Online, a private community that is a digitized and modernized women's resource group. Our content is designed to provide the universal core skills, confidence, and competence needed to advance and lead today and tomorrow. We believe that representation
1: matters. On this podcast, you'll be able to hear some of the amazing conversations we have in our platform with an incredible array of diverse, empowered women. These conversations have inspired our own personal, professional, and financial lives and given us the confidence to step up and show up as our boldest, truest selves. We hope to spark fire in your soul too and help you on your journey to live on purpose and get in the driver's seat of your life.
0: This is Basecamp for Women on the Rise. Join us. Step up. And while you're up there, reach down and bring another woman up too.
1: Welcome, everybody. Um, So wonderful to have you here again with us live. Today we have Pam Everhart. She is the head of regional public affairs and community relations at Fidelity Investments.
0: Welcome, Pam. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you. It's a pleasure and humbled and honored to be here today.
0: Well, Pam, we always like to start at the beginning. So tell us your story. How did you get to where you are today?
2: Well, uh, sure. And I'll just say um, a couple of things first and then, and then go into that. But I would say generally it was um, developing an expertise in an area of future growth. So always thinking about what's the next, new, new thing, if you will, um, being flexible, um, knowing what I'm good at, and then being able to take some calculated risks to do something new, uh, and being strategic. And I would say those were the sort of guiding principles that got me to to uh, where I am, but I'll just start off. I I started my career after graduating from um, the University of Texas. I started my career as a a CPA. And going back to one thing I said, I'm knowing um, what you're good at. I was in high school, I was really good in math. And I remember um, my math teacher, Mr. Mathis. And um, I say now I'm thinking back um, not only was he a teacher, but he was an ally, right? And I think so many women um, can benefit from having male allies because he really encouraged me to um, continue to do well in math. And it was it was interesting because it was primarily the boys in the class were getting all of the attention, and then when he realized, oh, she's good at it, um, and so um, I was able to excel with with, with his help. So. As a result of being uh, good in math, um, one of my teachers suggested that perhaps I pursue uh, a degree in accounting because I was good with figures. And I said, first of all, um, how long does it take for me to graduate from college with accounting? I said, can I get out in four years or less? And they said, oh, if you work really hard? I said, great, because I want to get out and I want to start making money. So I graduated in three and a half years and, and, and started as a CPA. Um, And I was uh, working for one of the big four and um, doing audits. And, you know, starting off, that was great. And then I transitioned. So, you know, I mentioned, you know, taking a risk and moving on to do something different. So I said, you know, I've done audits. I got that. Let me just move over to the tax side. And I started doing um, individual tax returns and um, corporate returns. And what I uh, figured out pretty quickly, is that um, I looked at the back end instead of at the front end. When I say the back end, after people had figured out what they were going to do for the year, then I was doing the tax returns at the back end. But I, I learned that some of my colleagues were doing things on the front end, more of the strategic work, and those were the lawyers. And so I said, well, I, I, I want to be more of, uh, of a leader in helping people with strategy and getting them on the right Versus at the end. And so I decided um, to take a risk. I was in Houston at the time. And I decided to take a risk and apply um, to law school. And I had met, you know, several friends while I was in Houston, um, and one of which is now actually the, the mayor of Houston. So we can go back later and, and talk about relationships. But at the time he had uh, attended Harvard Law School, he wasn't the mayor at the time and I, good friends, and I said, I, I need a letter of recommendation. Uh, and so he wrote it um, and I ended up getting into, uh, into Harvard Law. And all along though, because I was not really risk, I was a sort of risk adverse, but not, not in, you know, entirely. But I said, um, I took a leave of absence from the CPA firm. I did not quit. Because I, my thought was, I, you know, I'm a Texan, I went to law school in Boston. I said, I'm a Texan, I wanna go back um, to Texas and, um, and those are my roots and all of that. And so I'll just take a leave of absence. Um, but I ended up um, interning with a, a big law firm in Boston. And as it turned out, once I graduated, I said, I'm not, I'm not going back. I'm gonna stay and pursue a career as a lawyer once again, trying to focus on more on strategy, and I was really good at, um, you know, good in my classes. And I said, let me, let me just try that. Let me take that calculated risk to do something new and different. And I went to the law firm and I was, you know, practicing law. And I was a, you know, first, second, third year associate. And I, I thought, you know what? I want to be a partner in a law firm. Now, mind you, when I was at the big four firm, I wanted to be a partner at, in a CPA firm. But I pivoted and did something different but I said I want to be a lawyer here a partner at the law firm but as as time would would go on um, I got a call from a lawyer at Fidelity Investments and um, they were telling me about um, Fidelity and the opportunities there and um, you know I you know did the interview went through all of that and I said wow this sounds really exciting and they're doing something new and different and 401k plans were you know, sort of on the cutting edge. I, I came in 1994 and uh, Fidelity had, uh, was one of the, the really first big providers of 401k plans. So going back to to making sure that you're working on cutting edge things. And I had done a lot of the uh, ERISA work at Ropes and Gray and I decided to take the risk uh, and left uh, Ropes and Gray and, and moved over to Fidelity Investments. And now uh, I look at it and it's, I cannot believe it's been 25 years. I celebrated my 25th year um, last um, December, and it's gone by so yes. quick. I've done so many different things. Uh, I've taken a number of risks, even with infidelity, um, and tried new, new things, and, and, it's, and it's been great. And it, it all goes to, once again, I said being flexible. I had an idea about what I was good at, um, being strategic. One thing I did learn at Ropes and Gray is that to be really a really good lawyer, you you really have to understand the business, right, of your clients. And so as I was practicing there, i made it a point not just to research the law, really find out more about a business and find out about how, you know, they they, um, drove profits and, you know, what were the challenges in terms of the expense side. And I had that CPA um, knowledge, So I could talk figures, uh, which was different than some of the other lawyers. I was not afraid of numbers um, and once again going back to what I was good at. So that that's sort of my uh, my story there.
1: That's a great story. Um, yes, I love hearing about all the, the pivots you made, but you're kind of always charging forward and just very rich uh, backgrounds. So I think we've discussed with you our, right now we're in our second quarter with the Nook and our theme is resilience, which is, um, was planned well before everything that's going on, but it's a really important topic more now than ever. And I would love to hear, we would love to hear your thoughts on what resilience means to you.
2: I would say um, it means bouncing back. And uh, when I think about that in the context of the workplace, I would say bouncing back from temporary setbacks, and I'm clear about temporary setbacks, or challenges at work, um, or bouncing back when you think you're in a negative situation. And um, I, I love stories, so, so let me just tell you uh, one brief story uh, of, of, of my bouncing back or being resilient uh, at work. And, and this was now, I think it was probably uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, um, and I was in a situation at work where I got layered. Right. And so when people hear that, they're like, oh, my gosh. Right. When someone else comes in between, you know, like you and your boss and you are, uh you're down a peg, if you will. And um, I was, you know, when that happens, a new a new person came in as the boss and, you know, oftentimes they will come in and they want to reorg and change things up and you know, I, I was thinking, you know what, I'm really good at my job, I'm going to prove myself to this new boss, I'm going to be great, he's going to promote, promote me and all of this. And his first big change, I was caught up and I got layered. And I would say what made this particularly um, difficult for me and, and, and a negative was um, it wasn't uh, my new boss was not someone who came in from the outside. I mean, my boss's boss was from the outside, but the person he brought in, um, who would be my new manager, was not someone from the outside, but it happened to be a peer. And I'm going to tell you, that just took me down. So before the boss, you know, the new person who came in and reorganized was to me, and, and I'll say person B, and we worked side by side, we had a great relationship. And the new boss felt that person B should now be um, my manager. I, I will say um, what was lucky for me was that the peer, who was now my new direct manager, was going back to that allyship I talked about. Ally was a, a true ally, and. He knew my strengths, and in fact, my area of expertise, and going back to, you know, I said, have a, be good at something, uh, a level of expertise. I had an expertise in this role that he did not. And so he knew my strengths. And he really allowed me not just to survive in this new role, but to thrive, right? And allowed me, basically said, Pam, you know this work much better than I do. On paper, I may be your manager, but you can still lead in all of these areas. And so as I was thinking about this, I I thought about Maya Angelou and and one of her quotes. And she said, um, the quote is, you will face many defeats in life, but never let yourself be defeated. And with that, I decided, you know, no more of this anger, because when I first got the news from the boss, I was angry, you know, I wanted to quit. I'm like, how can this happen? I felt like I was being minimized. And at one point, you know, he said, well, you know, I can give you a package, you know, if, you, you know, if, if you're not comfortable with this situation. And I, 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 you know, I just thought about it, and I said, you know what? My mom said, you, all, you know, people hear this all the time. It's not how you fall down. It's how you get up. And I said, I'm going to get up from this. I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to make the best of this situation. It's not going to help me to be negative. I need to be positive about this. Um, one, one of my good friends who was in another department, when he, when he heard about this, he was concerned, and, you know, people, you know, your colleagues think that they are doing your favor when they call and they say, you know, how are you doing, right? I, I heard about the reorg, you got layered, just want to make sure you're okay, you know, and I'm thinking, are you kidding me, right? Um, and, and in my mind, um, I was thinking, I said, I am, A black woman in America right I cannot allow this temporary setback right to get me down there are more things that I need to be concerned about more things you know things in my community a lot of other problems being a woman being a person of color in, in, in this world than, than getting layered. And so I put that anger behind me. I said, I'm gonna move forward. Um, my, my, my new boss, who was my friend and ally and peer, um, knew I uh, had an area of expertise that I did not have. So I took this opportunity to learn from him and to experience different parts of the business through that relationship with him. And I said, you know what? I I need a plan. I need a plan about what I want to do next. And so, um, you know, going back to the relationships, which I said is really important, I started thinking about, um, you know, my other colleagues at Fidelity. I started calling on them. I have another saying. It's called ABC, always be connected. So I made sure... um, I always called up and kept close in contact with friends. So when I called on them and colleagues uh, at Fidelity and, um, you know, started talking about maybe new opportunities, um, I was able to um, land in a new new place and leverage my skills. And eventually I, you know, ended up uh, where I am today. So uh, resilience uh, plays a big role. Um, don't allow it to to don't allow negative uh, situations or temporary setbacks or challenges um, to get you down because they will happen. Yeah. Um, but that resiliency that you talk about, I'm so glad that, that you're focusing on that now, that um, it makes a, a big difference and can really change. And it changed for me, my approach um, to work and um, just being positive. I, I remember one of my other colleagues said to me. She said, "Pam, she said I remember that time at Fidelity and um, when you went through that period." And she said, "She said you were always positive." She said, "I just, she said I, I, just don't understand it. You were so positive about it." And I, I looked about it later, looked on it, and I said, "Well, well what else am I going to do, right?" Um, and my the manager who had layered me later asked me to come and do some. Um, uh, uh, speaking engagements at some of his uh, all hands, and to get engaged with that team that I was uh, engaged with before, and just you know complimented me on on my professionalism um, during that time. So it 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 really it really paid off.
0: Fantastic. So Pam, you know I I can hear an incredibly beautiful energy in your voice, and it's astonishing given you said this is your seventh Zoom call of the day. So obviously being positive and, um, you know, managing your, your mindset and your energy is something that you're in incredibly astute at. I would love to know, you know, now in these incredibly um, wild times, these unprecedented times, you know, how, what tips do you have for our community for women to be more resilient right now through these crazy times? What are you doing to stay um, so energetic and, and um, upbeat and positive right now?
2: Well, this is what I would say. Um, and um, my, you know, my regular job, I had um, state and local government relations for fidelity, so I engage often with politicians and government officials. And um, you know, there's a saying in politics: um, don't let a good crisis go to waste so i would say yeah you're right it is all of these crazy times um, but what can we do to take advantage of it and i, I would say um women are very creative and and, and innovative and um, can a multi you know can multitask uh, very well so i i would say what i'm trying to do and and this is, would be my advice is try to be as innovative as you can in this current environment I think that because, you know, tomorrow is uncertain in terms of how we will be engaging, if you're engaging with customers, how you're going to engage with colleagues or peers, or how you're going to mentor others or just your family, start thinking now, how could we do this differently, right, when we when we get to this new normal or whatever it's going to be, right? And, you know, sometimes you sit around the 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 tables at work and people will say to you you hear this often you know that, let's let's think out of the box well what I always tell my team and I think it's appropriate for this time is think as if there is no box right so that. there there is a lot of opportunity I think to do things differently but but as we try to Manage this crazy time, and if you're tied to your computer, oftentimes we are um, probably a lot more now than we were before. I would say try to prioritize, right, because you cannot do everything. And my my manager always says prioritization and impact. So think about in your work where you can drive the most impact. Um, My team is primarily responsible for um, 11 states because that's where Fidelity has its primary uh, regions, and um, we focus on 11 states. But this is such a new world that things are coming from all over in all 50 states, and so we've had to be innovative and pivot and actually now engage uh, with government officials in 50 states because we have branches in almost all 50 states. And I've been telling my team, I said, now's the time to think differently. Now is the time to make new friends, right? And to, once again, think about how we could do things differently to drive uh, impact uh, for Fidelity Investments. And and, and how do you stay sane with all of this? What I've been trying to do is is try to come up with some sort of routine. It's been hard, though, because I have a 17-year-old, as I mentioned here, uh, and my my 21-year-old son is back from college. I mean, I love him dearly, but he's back.
1: He's back.
2: Um, And, um, you know, so try to get some sort of routine. And, you know, I often try to do, if I can, um, so I can get some exercise, is that I've been trying to do my one-on-ones with my team with my team members um my direct reports outside so that's getting me out with my new mask right mm-hmm. that i had made mm-hmm. so i'm out in public um and i'm i'm walking around the block and i'm i'm doing my um uh, my one-on-ones it was interesting um i was asking my husband it was last sunday and he said i said why don't we just do you know walk around the block and so he said, sure. And so we did that. And then on Monday, I said, um, okay, let's let's do another walk around the block. And so I, I had my phone. He goes, he says, why do you have your phone? And I said, well, it's Monday. And, and, and I'm going to do a one-on-one. And I'm going to do a one-on-one while we walk around the block. He goes, well, you walk around the block by yourself. So I'm just, but I'm just trying to figure out, okay, I, I need to get out and try to have some, some routine. Um, and I've been trying to reconnect also with friends, and actually, it's been really cool, so, you know, so I'm on Zoom during the day, doing work, and then um, some of my friends, even my book club, we've decided to continue our book club meetings, because people were thinking, oh, we can't do book club anymore, I'm like, yes, we can, we can just do them via Zoom, and um, I've done, you know, happy hours, I'm sure many of you guys have done that, there's a, another cool tool called Hangout that one of my friends said so let's hang out at at you know at seven o'clock and we all call each other and and we do happy hours so i i'm trying to maintain um some sense of normacy uh in this in this new kind of crazy environment
0: yeah i love that and i think it's so important to just establish a routine whatever that routine is for you and right you know, um some strategies that that work for you to stay sane. So that that's right. might not work for your husband by the sounds of it. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well and you mentioned a couple times your mother and Noah and I are as well. Um, and you know we all have talked about this before, but it really gives you a whole new set of lessons around resilience. Um, and it also gives us the power and permission to know when we can drop the ball, which is something that we know you say a lot. Could you tell us a little about what you mean by dropping the ball and what has motherhood taught you about resilience?
2: Sure. So um, about maybe two years ago, I read this book titled, Drop the Ball, Achieving More by Doing Less. And it's by this woman by the name of uh, Tiffany Dufo. And she talks in the book about how to thrive by letting go. And oftentimes moms and, and, and I, I, I used to do this a lot, I I looked at motherhood uh and you know taking care of the house and everything like it was a job, right? And when you think about your job, you want it to be done, um, you know, you want to excel at the highest levels, right? And I was, I was going into this uh, thinking that everything needed to be done at an A-plus level, right, around the house. And I would, you know, often, you know, talk with my male colleagues and also talk to my husband about, you know, things at home and everything. And, and, and in my view, men don't treat fatherhood like work. It's a whole different mindset. But I was treating motherhood that way. And after reading the book, I, I realized I just need to drop the ball on things. Now, you have to be strategic about what you drop the ball on. But everything, like I said, doesn't need an A+. plus. Some things can be a B or, yeah. or a B minus or, or even the, a C, right? Uh, yeah. And I, I, just, I, yeah. I, I have this uh, story that, um, once again, I said I'm a big storyteller. So my, my husband, um, who actually works from home was, you know, when my kids were young, he would do uh, you know, the drop off at the daycare and, and the pickup and was always just really wanted to be a, a great help. And, you know, and I'm in my mindset, I was like, oh, I can do all this. I'm the mom, blah, blah, blah. And at first I really wasn't accepting the help. And then I said, okay, let me accept, you know, accept the help. And so he would get my daughter, um, you know, dressed in the morning for school, but um, I would lay, you know, I would lay the clothes out and so that he wouldn't, you know, I would take that kind of stress off of him, right, because this this was a girl, and so he, uh, so I remember one morning I put out uh, for my daughter really cute blouse with a nice collar, and it buttoned down the back. So when I got home that evening, um, she still had on, you know, her her school clothes, which is fine. And um, this really nice uh, blouse that buttoned down the back (laughs) was buttoned down the front. (laughs) My husband had put it on backwards. And because, you know, it's young men, right? It's a shirt, you know? That's what he saw. And I was, I said, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe you did this, like, There is a tag, like you can see the tag, right? Um, And I just went on and on and on and on. And so here I was taking all of this on. I'm getting all stressed. and, And my husband said, he said very calmly, he said, Pam, my daughter's Jade. He says, Jade is good. She was fine. She went to school happy. I was good. I got her dressed. We're fine. He said, the only one who's not fine is you. And so what I realized is that, you know, as long as what she had on was clean, and, and, and I'm a big fashion person, so I say as long as it all matched, you know, it, 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 it shouldn't matter, right? And so I said, I, I, I need to just drop the ball on that. And I just realized that for, for us as women, and we're all very determined, and we want to do the best, we, we can have it all. But we don't have to do it all.
0: And devote... I'm going to have you repeat that because that's, I think, a golden line for everybody to hear right now. Yeah, I said to
2: have it all doesn't mean that you must do it all, right? And so drop the ball on things or ask for help. And when you ask for help, then allow people to help. And then, you know, devote your energy to what really matters you know do less and ask others to do more and that's what I realized sort of with my husband I mean he was doing his thing and I needed him to do more so I could do less and it all worked well Uh, and I'm, I'm actually going through this now as I mentioned my twenty one year old son is is back from college because um you know he has to do online classes and uh, he's a football player and so uh i he's a junior and so my husband and my daughter and i we you know we were used to our little routine I would cook every now and then, and my daughter doesn't eat much she would do a salad my husband would go out and grab something and so so this twenty one year old man who I love comes back to my house and now he wants cooking he wants me to cook every day and i'm thinking i started off like oh my god my son is back this is great you know i'm doing these calls every day i'm working 7 a.m to 7 p.m and later but you know i'm gonna do this cooking and he's gonna have this great meal and then i realized you know that, that this is not working so once again do less ask others to do more so what i did was i told everyone in the house um we are going to rotate, and everyone will have a night. And I will cook one night. Your dad will cook one night. Seven, 21-year-old Hamilton, you will cook one night. And 17-year-old Jade, you will cook one night. And so now we have this nice rotation. It, 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 it's working well, and everyone's happy, and they're getting these meals, and I'm doing less, and they're doing more uh and even my husband um on easter uh sunday he decided that he would cook easter dinner he said i'll do it all and i i must share with you guys that um we didn't eat until like 8 eight thirty. but i couldn't i couldn't say anything no because, uh, no i mean he was doing everything i mean i was like you know me like we would have had dinner like you know four o'clock or five you know but but we had dinner and it was nice. It was eight o'clock, but I did not complain because it didn't require an A-plus job. And I was doing less and he was doing more and it worked.
0: That's awesome. That's brilliant. So I'd love to switch gears a little bit and move on to the topic of relationships, which is something I know is so important to you. Tell us about your saying, R before T. Oh, you've heard about that. I love it.
2: (laughs) I bet probably so many of a lot of my Fidelity colleagues out listening, um, they've probably heard uh, me. That's my mantra. I always say R before T, which means relationships before tasks. Because what I found uh, at my career, even before I came to Fidelity, when I was at the CPA firm and then at the law firm, that uh, relationships pretty much trumped everything, right? Um, you certainly um, had to be um, good in your work, right? At the top of your game, obviously. And as I said, have a, you know, an expertise in something and excel at what you're good at. But um, what my friend Carla Harris would say, and I, I think she's been um, on participating on your, one of your panels, that sort of performance currency only gets you, you know, so far, right? You can actually survive in jobs very long um, with that, um, you know, uh, performance currency. But at some point, the relationships matter, and that those relationships, that sponsorship, all of that, that currency, it's what gets you to that um, next level. So I, I now uh, spend a, a lot of time um, developing um, relationships. And I, I, I used to come to meetings, this is when I was early in my career, and I would, you know, get there on time for the meeting. And when the meeting was over, I would leave, right? And so what I've done now is I try to make it a point, if I can within my schedule, just get to the meeting a little earlier, you know, people that, old, that saying the meetings before the meetings. So mm-hmm. I get there a little early. You can have time, a little downtime before you dive into the agenda and just take time um, to just get to know people, right, uh, and um, for them to, to get to know you. And the same thing. After the meetings, oftentimes you walk away from meetings, learning more from the meeting after the meeting than the meeting itself, because you will notice that some people will hang around, and as I said before, I used to just leave and I'm trying to get to the next meeting and and now I just hang around and then you can find out a little bit more about how people really feel about things that were that were um, discussed at the meeting and and you just never know through these relationships you know how. People will, uh, you know, what people will be in a position um, to, to to help you, and and I just have one another, one, another little story about that, and this this goes to um, when I went to a meeting at the at the White House. Uh, it was the ho- holiday party several years ago, uh, and I um, got there, and it was raining. Um, cats and dogs, the the evening of the uh, the afternoon of the of the. Um, of the holiday party, and I had on my black coat and black, black raincoat and black umbrella. And so I, I walk in um, to the White House, and there is a um, coat check lady, you know, taking all the coats. And I, uh, she happened to be an African-American woman, older woman, um, I would say probably m- mid to late 60s easily. And so when I walked in, I, I, I spoke to her. And um, she took my coat, and she gave me my little coat check number. And I, I took 30 seconds just to say to her that, you know, I'm really excited about being here at the White House. I had gone to law school with the first lady and the, and the president, and, and, and you know, I was just thrilled and excited for them. And I said, you know what, you're special because you are here a lot of times with this president and this first lady. And what a great way um, to be here and and, and providing a service, a valued service. And uh, I just said, I I sort of envy you because you get to see them a lot. And uh, I don't get to see them as much anymore. And so uh, like I said, it only took 30 seconds. And then I went on into the the party, had a great time. Uh, Now it was time um, to go. And I'm Getting in line and um, with everyone else' about four hundred people there and I met i 'm near the front of the line because i, I needed to catch a flight uh, It was like a five thirty flight and it was now around four o'clock and I definitely needed to to get out and it was raining you know so it's in d c and I needed to get to the airport and as I walk up to the front to the, to the um, coat check uh, there was not this this lady who had checked me in was no longer at the front and there was a, a very nice gentleman there and he just said lady could you give me your coat check number so I can get your coat and umbrella and I, I said oh absolutely and as I looked into my big bag with all of my stuff I I I could not find my coat check number and I'm just looking and looking and looking and I'm just I'm like oh my gosh, I know it's here. I know I put it in here and you know, he was he was getting a little impatient because there was a long line and he said very nicely, he said, um, do you have your co check number? And I said, I do, but I, I just can't find it right now. He said, okay, nope, no worries. Um, why don't you just stand over to the side? And I was there with with a girlfriend. And he said, you, you guys just stand over to the side and um, once you find your code check number, um, just come right back up. You don't have to wait in the line. And just give it to me, and I'll and I'll find your coat and your umbrella, which is all you know a reasonable response, it made sense. And I so I I continued to look. I I could not find my coat check number, I, right? And it was probably in some pocket somewhere that stuck, like, but well, I couldn't find it. And I'm getting you know frustrated and anxious, and I'm just like, oh, I told my friend, and I said I, I just have to go, and I just have to get wet. it was raining cats and dogs, and you know when you walk from the White House to the street, it's a you know a good little walk. And I said, I'm just going to get poor and wet because I cannot find my um, coat check number. And as I started to depart, this little woman who had checked me in, she could see something was wrong, and she actually motioned me um, to where she was because she was feeling she was in the back working, and she said she said to me, she said, "Can can can I help you?" And I said, um, "I I lost my coat check number and um, I can't find it." And she says. I think I know where your coat and your umbrella are back here. I said, I'm thinking, you got to be kidding. It's 400 coats here and they're all black. And uh, she said, says, she says, no, she said, why don't you come around to the back? So she took me into the back of the area where all the coats were. And with no hesitation at all, absolutely none, she walked right to my coat and my umbrella. Mm-hmm. And she says, She says to me in a really nice way, she says, baby, is this your coat and your umbrella? And I just said, yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. And so it goes back to that relationship before the task. The relationship was taking 30 seconds to say hello to this woman and develop a really brief relationship. My task was to get to the holiday party. But it made all of the difference in the world. And as I was leaving, my girlfriend said to me, and kind of jokingly, she said to me, she says, Pam, she said, there is a lot that President Obama can do for you. But what he could not have done for you today was to find your coat. (laughs) And that just said it all to me. That R before T, I'm like, (laughs) yes, it worked.
1: Yeah, and just realizing that relationship with any person at any level is so important. Building that, you know, with your team or people around you in your community and how it really just comes back to you um, in such positive ways by taking a few extra moments to, to talk and reach out to people and build, even if it's a little relationship, to build
0: that bridge.
2: Right, absolutely. Story.
0: Right. Pam, how are you thinking about relationships now in this new era where, you know, we can't have as many of these kind of casual collisions? How are you thinking about building relationships? What sort of tactics and strategies can you share with the audience um, for COVID era relationship building? Yeah, you're right. And
2: as I say, in my job of running government relations, uh, oftentimes before, Pre-COVID, you know, there were lots of lunches and dinners, and um, there were galas that you would attend, and um, as we said, these casual collisions at Fidelity would run into people in the hallways and have a quick um, conversation. I always uh, would uh, advise um, some of my mentees to do what I call a 10-minute ask if you want to talk to a senior person and get on their calendar, and would say, ask their admin to just give you 10 minutes on their calendar to just drop by and say hello no one will turn you down for that 10 minutes but you're, you're right now with the current environment those things just don't work anymore and now it's the time to think about and like i said at the beginning innovative ways to do things differently and how you want to develop and enhance the relationship um, and so, you know what, we, we laugh and joke about the Zoom meetings, but they've been pretty cool. I mean, that is one way that uh, I continue to develop relationships. Uh, Fidelity, we've done that. We've had some government officials to actually Zoom in, um, and uh, we're st- still being able to have um, engagement with them that way. Another, um, What I've done for my team, because everyone is um, – working really, really hard, but we're not seeing each other. And we don't have that, that time of that little um, downtime, if you will, to sort of catch up on um, what are your kids doing or, or big events going on or what did you do over the weekend or so. So I have uh, instituted with my team on Fridays, we call it the water cooler chat. Right? Cause we used to like, hang around the water cooler a lot. And so um, on Fridays at, at, at two o'clock, and it's o- optional because you don't know who's going to be hanging around the water cooler at that time, but um, just come around to the Zoom water cooler and call in and the agenda is no work. You know, so we've had conversations about um, for those who've had a chance to catch up on Netflix and the latest, you know, Ozark or whatever you're watching, right? Or you know, what's happening with the kids or uh, people sharing stories about how you're getting your kids sort of motivated during this time when everyone is home. Um, it's it's funny we were. Uh, talking to someone about vacations and they said okay let's let's try to figure out okay my vacation will be going into a different room in the house like doing something different right so or like meals you know my my admin was really great with giving me suggestions about creative ways to 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 do, to do meals really really quickly um, so I think I think we're gonna have to work harder at it uh, but it can be done another thing is just um, I've started to just you know send out emails to people I haven't talked to in a long time. And just, you know, what people like is to just find out, like, how are you doing with all of this? And people have been very, very responsive to that. Another thing is just reaching out and being a resource and providing information. Um, This has happened with government officials. I mean, we're not seeing them uh, personally, but as they're dealing with some of these uh, issues and if if we're fidelity is working on something that could be helpful, like you know the cares act just passed, and our people were really engaged to that and um, you know providing information as you know they were in the throes of trying to come up with policy uh, and being available um, uh, to do that i I also did something with my with my admin staff going back to Um, the point about relationships, and you need to uh, develop them at all levels. Um, I did, um, this was probably two weeks ago, Uh, I reached out to my admin, um, as well as all of the administrative assistants on our team, and then a couple of other people who, admins in other teams, have been particularly uh, helpful, and I just sent, sent out a little meeting invite for a Zoom coffee break. And uh, we did it for 15 minutes. And I will tell you um, that the administrative assistants really, really appreciated this. Because I think in this new world, because you don't see them, all the time, it's your Zoom meetings don't necessarily have your admins involved, unless maybe it's a team meeting or something. And so you're, you're having these e, these Zoom meetings with colleagues and people outside, your clients, whatever. But how often are you, you know, reaching out to your admin and just say, let's just get together. And we just had fun. It was probably about Seven, six or seven admins, and I invited one of my uh, male colleagues who uh, were the admins support him as well. And so it was nice to have a male ally on on the call. And we, you know, had our coffee. Some people had our tea, and it was it was just lovely, um, just to, uh, sh- to sort of sit and chat because uh, those relationships with the, with your admins, people know in the people in the mail room, all of that, all of those support staff who uh, help us get our jobs done. It's so important to not, not forget them in this sort of crazy uh, COVID world that we're in.
1: Well, so kind of a little bit on that of, you know, looking around at the relationships you have. But so our mantra at the Nook Online is step up, reach down. So meaning step up, step into your full capabilities, own your voice, you know, own your power and for those of us who are in positions of power, how can we continue to, to reach down and help others step up into their own shoes and their own life?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I continue to, uh, and I'm sure a lot of us do this, uh, be a mentor, um, to others. And, um, I, uh, I, I do that a lot in my current role at, at Fidelity. Uh, oftentimes people will come up and, and ask me um, to either e- either mentor them or could I, you know, take time to have, a, you know, a brief meeting. And um, I, I try my best, and my, my admin is really good about this, finding time, to take the meetings. And you know, sometimes you know, I can I'll reach out and say if you have a specific ask, you know, tell me what it is, so i I'll be prepared for that. But I I continue to do that, and and the reason I did is because it was so helpful um, to me in my in my career. People were always willing and open and 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 um, so thoughtful about taking time with me, and it's just the way that that I can give back. I I also I try to help others by being a connector. And remember I said ABC, always be connected. I try my best to do that. But I also try to connect others. And when I think about, um, you know, stepping uh, as you move up, uh, reaching down and and stepping up to, to help others, as I become aware of opportunities, I try to make sure that I get back out to people I've mentored, um, let them know of positions, either uh, within my group, Fidelity, either, or either externally. Um, I have oftentimes executive recruiters will call me, and before they can make the ask of me, I give them a laundry list of people who I think would be very good at the job, because I'm I'm happy with where I am. Um, so I, I do that as well. So, It it is so important to to reach back and and help others. And as a lot of people often say, um, to pay it forward. And I I constantly try to do that. And even in these times where you don't have the opportunity to see people, it's just good to check on um, some of those more junior associates, um, trying to find out from them, um, how you could be helpful, what additional resources that may, they may need. Um, so I'm constantly in, doing that and very diligent about doing that.
0: So Pam, uh, as a final question and as we wrap up today, you mentioned um, your, your mantra and the, you know, your government um, connections mantra of don't let a good crisis go to waste. So I'd mm-hmm. love to hear as your final thoughts What are you most looking forward to? What are your your optimistic hopes for an outcome out of this current times that we're in?
2: Sure, I I hope that once we get to the other side, that we will be uh, much more efficient in the things that we do um, utilizing technology, a lot more than than we have been. At Fidelity, we have been in this agile um, environment for a while, I'd say probably three-plus years. Um, And um, back then when when we started, I think um, some people felt like, oh, my gosh, this is not comfortable, you know, trying to get used to all of this. But I tell you, it uh, has become uh, so valuable now in this world, and you have to be – uh, agile. I, I'm hoping also that we um, come out of this being in a in a uh, place where we can make decisions quicker. and 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 I will say, just our experience sort of at fidelity when we went to work from home, and I think we're now at ninety nine percent. I will just say looking at uh, at our my our uh, CEO and our management team they made a decision quickly, right, about um, the, the number one was safety and the health of the associates, right, and um, moving and getting, you know, we have close to 50,000, 55,000 employees globally, and being able to be quick enough and agile enough to make that decision and getting people the things that they needed to, to, to work from home. So uh, quicker decision making, making. And I just said, you know, uh, just being more collaborative, we're, we're having to in, in sort of this new environment and, and thinking about uh, just the lessons learned from this experience. At the end, I think there should be a big debrief uh, yeah. and, and think about areas for improvement, right? Uh, And once again, when I say think as if there's no box, we're in this world where there is no box, we don't know what's going to happen next. And so I I would say that. uh, And just being um, the other thing I just say is, uh, and hopefully everyone on this call um, is safe and, and healthy, I would just say at the end, you just have to count your blessings. If you all come out of this, feel safe and healthy and your families, and even if you've had a bout with, 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 with COVID and you've come out of it, uh, count your blessings, practice more uh, gratitude uh, and express, take the opportunity to express gratitude for those who are on your team and those that you're working with and those who have had to, uh, you know, go into hospitals and with loved ones and, you know, the the caretakers um, and the first responders, I'd say come out of this, um, you know, giving them a lot of gratitude and being thankful.
0: Well, I wanna express my gratitude and, um, on behalf of Kim and I for you for uh, showing up today and being so candid and thoughtful with your responses to our questions. What a beacon of light you are, Pam, thank you. And um, hopefully we'll get an opportunity to, to meet and have a hug in person on the other <laughs> side of this. But thank you for sharing so much of yourself with us and with our community and the audience today. What a wonderful conversation that was! Thank you. Thank you so much. Once again, I
2: uh, was humbled by the opportunity to do this, and and so honored. Uh, and hopefully next time, maybe my daughter won't be on Zoom and my son, and we can okay. have. Uh, you know, I, I my technology will work, but we were flexible and we were agile, and we you know, were agile. Again, we made it work. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, we made it work. We're efficient. Absolutely. Oh, and you're so dynamic. We don't need your picture up. So just <laughs> your pictures but next time, yes, we'll get you online. Yeah. Live. Um, okay. Thank you, thank you, everyone in the community. We've there's so many tidbits here. We'll pop those um, some of our notes and you know learnings from Pam into the platform as well as some of the resources she mentioned. So thank you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you choosing to spend your time with us. If you love this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe.